This is ASHA Voices. I'm J.D. Gray. We're continuing our series of conversations about the influence of artificial intelligence on audiology and speech-language pathology with a look at the future of hearing care. From hearing aids to cochlear implants, from tinnitus to speech and noise, Feng Gong Zhang discusses where we may see AI show up next and the promise this technology holds for assessment and treatment. He'll be presenting on the power of artificial intelligence to improve audiological research and care as a part of the 2023 Research Symposium on Hearing at the upcoming ASHA Convention. And he joins us ahead of that presentation on the podcast. I'm J.D. Gray. This is ASHA Voices. Support for ASHA Voices comes from the ASHA Learning Pass. Get unlimited access to ASHA's catalog of CE courses for one annual fee. Learn more at asha.org slash learning pass. Joining us now is Fang Gong Zhang, or as you'll hear in our conversation, he asked me to call him Frank. He's a professor at UC Irvine in the Department of Otolaryngology, and he's the director for the Center for Hearing Research. His research focuses on the ways hearing and the brain are linked, like through tinnitus or with cochlear implants. As a part of the Research Symposium on Hearing at the 2023 ASHA Convention, he'll be speaking on the role of artificial intelligence, or AI, on care and research in audiology. He joined me for a conversation in August to discuss AI and audiology, and even though the subject has been making headlines, I wanted to start by asking Frank to get us all on the same page. I asked him how he would describe AI. AI has been around for a long time, maybe 50, 60 years. And what made AI interesting, valuable, and applicable is the following two things. One, we have a huge access to a huge amount of data, the big data, right? That's number one. Right? The second thing is the computing power that allows us to process the data and using better and better algorithms. And I think uh, if you look at what, what is happening now, and the AI not only can synthesize knowledge, but also analyze knowledge, and we can apply that you know, to a lot of things from beating the best goal player in the world, uh, hopefully the auto driving uh, down the road. And I think it will impact everything, including our practice and the research uh, in audiology and speech pathology. And that's what I wanted to ask you about. What does artificial intelligence offer the future of audiology or the present? Yeah, I think if you look at what AI can do immediately, right, I think a diagnosis, right, that's the first thing we talk about. How do we tell you know, a child may have, a, a, say, otitis media? Well, you look at the take picture and look at the tympanogram or eardrum. And sometimes, uh, you know, you may need uh, the child to take uh, antibiotics and 50 percent of the time you know you may not have to do that you know it was just a cure itself and how do we make that a diagnosis and a prognosis and i think ai is making very rapid uh, advances and uh, maybe in the future you don't have to even go to see a doctor i remember i have two kids and so many times <laughs> and I, I took them to hospital and 99 percent of the time guess what ear infection, high fever, you know, it's a lot of stress. And, you know, things like that, that nature, I think AI will help parents and children uh, a lot. That's, you know, from more diagnosis side of, side of things. So we talk about hearing aid fitting. And uh, you probably heard about uh, this over-the-counter hearing aids. And uh, when you get a hearing aids, but, you know, how do I know what type of amplification I need? 
right? There's also diagnosis and fitting part. I think artificial intelligence you know, could potentially play a very big role in identifying the type and the degree of hearing loss, making a proper adjustment in these over-counter hearing aids, you know, so that you know, the patients uh, can uh, maximize their benefits. And I think that's a huge benefit you know, because right now, the hearing aid market penetration is about 20%, which hasn't changed much. I think that AI you know, could rapidly help penetrate uh, the hearing aid market you know, so that more people with hearing loss uh, can benefit you know, from amplification. I'm hearing you say a few things. You're talking about access to hearing health. You're also talking about adjusting hearing aids. That's something that often an audiologist would be called for. Should audiologists be concerned? We hear a lot about job replacement with AI. Is that, is that something that's a concern in the immediate future? Uh, I don't think so. I think it will expand the existing market instead of uh, taking over the existing market. As I said, the penetration rate is still relatively low. You know, the vast majority of people who could benefit from hearing aids are not. Right. So I think, uh, you know, artificial intelligence will probably replace some entry level kind of uh, a fitting diagnosis. I think that will actually free up audiologists you know, to provide a better and a more satisfying service to our customers. So I think, uh, you know, AI will help instead of taking job away. Audiology is tied to the hearing aid, but there's other pieces of tech as well, right? I think of cochlear implants. This is something that you've worked on as well. What does AI perhaps have to offer the future of cochlear implants? I think whatever we learned you know, will be applicable to both hearing aids and cochlear implants, right? And then you look at the big picture, you know, we still call them hearing aids or cochlear implants. And by no means they are restoring normal hearing, right? You know, we can help recover uh, some normal hearing. We're still far, far away uh, from restoring normal hearing. And the perfect example is the so-called uh, cocktail party, in fact. You know, you walk into a room, you know, multiple people talking at the same time, and a normal hearing person, you know, can follow uh, depending on uh, the person's interest. Speaker A, in the presence of other people talking or not interested, is switched to speaker B, in the presence of other uh, talkers. Right now, most of the noise reduction we've been working on is sort of like a take away the other sounds so that we turn uh, a speech recognition in noise into speech recognition in quiet, right? And the reason we do that is because we do, I mean, hearing aids or cochlear implants uh, are not able to restore hearing. So we kind of a cheat <laughs> to turn <laughs> cocktail party into, yeah, into one person talking. It's speech and noise into speech and less noise. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I, I think uh, one of the things I think AI is working on, and not just hearing aid uh, folks, and if you look at Apple, you know, Facebook or Meta or Google, I mean, these big companies, they're also working on the same issue. And the, the platform we're using now, Zoom, and they just hired a CTO from Microsoft doing artificial intelligence. And the idea is, is there any way we can restore normal hearing or even enhance normal hearing? And I think that would be really cool. I mean, just imagine JD, you know, 10 years 
or oh, I talked to some of the folks in the industry, they said, oh, no, no, uh, Frank, it's only take five years or less. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we can maybe restore hearing uh, by that, you know, a hearing aid user. And they will be able to hear multiple sounds or speakers like normal hearing person and switch to any one of them depending on the interest. Wow. What else is it that you think audiologists should know about artificial intelligence and the role it's going to play in the future of hearing care? I, I think it, it will become a tool that will be so widely adopted. For example, you know, you walk into audiologist's office, the first question you say, what's this person's hearing? I do audiogram, right? In the traditional way, you know, you push a button and you go from low tones to high tones and, you know, see what the shape and type of audiogram uh, you may have. And even that technology, and there are people uh, working on optimizing aud uh, audiogram instead of 10 minutes, maybe take two minutes. They do machine learning instead of uh, uh, testing uh, every frequency. They do maybe five or, or less frequencies and automatically with high reliability and high assurance this is accurate you know and this is a help but improve the efficiency right and maybe down the road you know all you need to do is a under controlled environment a couple of uh, minutes uh, you will get a very accurate reading uh, maybe even from the survey from uh, uh, good questions instead of presenting a pure dome you know you conversation uh, talk give them music uh, speech sounds and see what they can get they cannot get and ai will help you infer <laughs> the type and the degree of hearing loss and i can see how ai will help you from the very beginning you know identifying the degree and the types of hearing loss to the very end which is uh, intervention right and what kind of products are most proper uh, for people that you are trying to help how long do you think it'll be before something like that arrives in the clinician's hands? Yeah, I think some of the low-hanging fruits, I mean, you can see the manufacturers you know, have come up with things like, uh, to say, study your own pattern and what kind of a listening environment uh, does this particular user, or in this case, you, your customer, listens to uh, most often. You know, somebody may be in a quiet environment, uh, most and others may like to go to, go to concert. And uh, some others may enjoy social gatherings where multiple people are talking at the same time. Uh, actually, I think audiologists can play a greater role in providing this kind of data, the data required to, to develop the proper technology. I think uh, some of the easier hanging fruits, uh, this we call the thin analysis, right? trying to understand your landscape, your soundscape. Right? So I think that's a term uh, we usually use. It has been implemented. I think it will be widely used, and that will help drive what the next product will look like. And also the integration part. You know, I think one of the things AI can do, and it's actually doing very good. It's very good at is to uh, to integrate information, say from uh, multiple senses, right? And that's how we talk. Not only do we listen, you know, we also look at it. The eyes. We do lip reading. We look at the facial. We look at the gesture, and we and, uh, and maybe in the future we can smell and the taste as well. Right? I think AI is, is, is advancing rapidly. You know, we see applications from one modality to another: text to speech, 
right? Speech to text and sign language into written language, sign language into spoken language, right? And, uh, you know, this is kind of a transition from one modality to another, from one language to another. You know, I think most uh, of the large language models, and that's chat GPT, right? They offer hundred different languages. You know, you go to Spain, you know, you don't have to speak Spanish, right? And uh, they uh, will help you <laughs> English, and it will say something in Spanish, and you listen to Spanish, will convert back to English. So I think uh, you know, translator's job will be probably lost. There's a, you know, AI will do better. But you, know, you can see the future is very bright. Support for Asha Voices comes from the Asha Learning Pass. Earn Asha CEUs and stay current with the Asha Learning Pass by accessing Asha's comprehensive catalog of CE courses for one convenient annual fee. Choose from more than 150 audiology-related courses. Learn more at asha.org slash learning pass. Earlier in our conversation, I alluded to the abundance of AI stories that are in the news right now. And, and you're talking about the many facets of this technology. It may feel like it's a new moment, but you mentioned you've worked with AI for years, and it's been around for decades. So I guess I'm just wondering, does 2023 mark some kind of seismic shift in technology or just in public awareness about that technology? Uh, I think a little bit of both. Right? AI you know, has been around you know, for 50 or 60 years, and it comes in different waves, right? from the early you know, expert system, computer vision, you know, automatic speech recognition. And I remember when I got into the field in late 80s, you know, we thought automatic speech recognition is such a challenging job. You know, no computer can do it. And that's what, uh, that's a prevailing view at that time. And now look at uh, <laughs> Zoom or any teleconference platforms and they can convert your speech into text and recognize it with very high accuracy. You know, even people with accent, uh, you know, with the different uh, speech uh, voice disorders, they can still as, as long as you train them, they can do reasonably good job. And of course, there's a, you know there's other downtimes. You know sometimes we exaggerate a little, maybe a little bit more. We hype a little bit more, and couldn't deliver. But I think uh, this last five years, you know, I said that the, the, one of the things is the big data, and we were not be able to access that vast amount of data previously. Now we could, and that data is probably more than a person could experience in their lifetime. And this is a, how much data available, right? And the other thing, I think the algorithms, something there's called a deep learning, right? You know, simula- simulating to some extent how our brain works. And we have, of course, the computers that can provide the power to support that sophisticated uh, uh, algorithms. So the two things combined, you know, deep learning computing and big data, and it's become magical. And the chat GPT, I think, this is a generative artificial intelligence. You know, it's very important. So not only just to analyze, but also to generate things that may not be existing in real life. Sometimes we worry about the general artificial intelligence. And what does that mean? That means it may be general, uh, so general, maybe uh, similar to real human uh, intelligence. And I think there's some folks in the field that worry about uh, the danger uh, this general AI may pose uh, to human life. Is that a concern of yours? Uh, I think uh, we don't worry about it. You know, I think uh, in audiology, I mean, our targets are so specific 
And I think, uh, you know, to help uh, advance our profession. Then I look at, you know, what the technology or technological advances, you know, we have made in audiology or or speech language in general, right? There's not much, a lot of progress in the last uh, 30 years or so. I think AI provides great opportunity for us to advance our research, service, products. And end of the day, you know, we want to use that technology to help our customers. We've talked a lot, big picture, the future, artificial intelligence. Are there any projects that you're currently working on that you're excited about that you want to discuss? Yeah, I, I think uh, this cocktail party is the one thing that I'm, I think uh, maybe for the first time in our profession, you know, it holds promise. And in, in previously, you know, we have a lot of things, noise reduction algorithms, for example, right? And it really has has not delivered the kind of benefits that we hope it would, right? which is to solve you know, the cocktail party problem. I think uh, uh, the things we're working on, you know, from multiple angles, you know, some of them traditional way, others, I know there are at least five or six labs, including mine, you know, we're trying to restore normal hearing, right? Not just trying to reduce or suppress noise, but truly restore normal hearing, right? I, I think uh, this is a very, very, very important, but I think the most interesting. I, I think this is a specific area. I think I attract a lot of people's attention and effort, right? And if we, if we could do that, I think, of course, yeah, we'd need a lot of collaboration, not just between researchers, but also between researchers and clinicians. And of course, uh, in collaboration and a cooperation from our patients. Yeah, so you're saying is um, through prosthesis of some kind, you're saying that the goal is to have hearing that doesn't sound like what people hear right now through a cochlear implant, but to have hearing that might sound like a biological ear, but through prosthesis. That's exactly right. And that we have not been able to do so. And even, I mean, cochlear implants are a perfect example. There's over 1 million cochlear implant users worldwide. 1 million people benefiting from this wonderful technology. And, uh, you know, half of which are pediatric users. And they got the implant at a very early age, you know, before they develop language. And the implants allow them to develop language. And they don't have to go to specialized, you know, deaf school. They can be mainstreamed, just regular schools. And that's why we see there's a very, very few uh, special schools for deaf. Um, and I witnessed several of them closing doors because there's no more students for them. And then the other half of that 1 million cochlear implant users, uh, they're more like the elderly or, or adult users. You know, most of them had hearing before, and, you know, because environmental, genetic, uh, autotoxic drugs, you know, they lost their hearing and implants helped them restore hearing. But when you say, can, do we have we restored normal hearing? No, I mean, they couldn't understand speech very well in noise. And then music, music sounds horrible to them. And it would be very difficult for them to appreciate like even one single instrument, melody, for example, let alone orchestra where tens or hundreds of music instruments playing at the same time. They just couldn't appreciate that. This is kind of how, when we started the conversation, that's the connection between the ears, between hearing and the brain. That's correct. Yeah. I mean, that's, you're, you're right. I mean, when we say restore normal hearing there, I, I think AI will help us understand 
the interaction between ear and the brain part, right? The ear part, you know, you think about maybe more like hardware. And of course, they're damaged to the extent that we can. We try to replace it. But sometimes it's hard to replace exactly the kind of hardware biology has produced for us. And then say, well, can we do it something on the software, the back end, the brain side, so that they can make up or compensate, you know, for that imperfect hardware. I mean, I think, uh, you know, artificial intelligence, I think it can play a role in, in doing both. We've talked about reducing noise on the outside. There's another thing that happens between our hearing and our brain. There's tinnitus. Can you tell me about tinnitus? Does AI have a, a promise there? And what work are you doing with tinnitus? Yeah. Yeah, well, as you said, tinnitus is not external noise. It's internal one. Right, in the absence of uh, of any physical stimulation, and it's very bothersome. I mean, I have a tinnitus myself. Sometimes, you know, it wakes me up in the middle of the night. And right now, and there's there's no cure. Even diagnosis is very difficult. You couldn't tell whether, unless I tell you, right, subjectively. The tinnitus is just not one type. There's so many types, forms, and shapes. And I, I think what. Potentially, artificial intelligence c- could help, again, you know, require clinical collaboration. We get that big data first. I think then we can use this artificial intelligence to help us define the subtypes and relate correlational or causal relationships between the type of tinnitus and their other etiology. And this is lacking, right? We don't know, you know how many types some people hear uh, pure tone kind of uh, tinnitus. Others may hear raw or noise. And why so? We don't know. And if we understand that and how they're related to the types of hearing loss, right? So, you know, this is, this is, I think this is a perfect project for uh, applying AI. And then, you know, we can build that kind of a correlational and, uh, or causal relationship. And that will help us is to understand tinnitus, right? And then we can say, how do we treat it as the next goal? And how would AI work in helping us be able to create these subgroups? Yeah, a part of it, you know, it requires, I said, the data, right? And once we got it reliable, labeled the data, right? I mean, it's not just the data, the data needs high quality too. And I, I think it's there, you know, for example, you know, there's a big NIH supported project called the OLOFAS. And they recruited probably over a million people already. And uh, they characterize everything from their genetics to the kind of food they take, sleep patterns, and blood pressure, diabetes, or, or a sugar level, whatever, right? And also they ask, do you have a tinnitus or not? Now imagine, say, say JD, you and I look at that uh, huge amount of data, it would stretch, stretch in your head. Is this connected to that and why so? Right? We, you know, it's very difficult right, for us, uh, human, or, or even just a computer uh, to do so. But then artificial intelligence, you know, feed them the data and tell them that the relationship, they will figure out what underlying relationships right, between tinnitus and other things. You know, I think that that's very critical. It'll look for patterns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or, or, or patterns, uh, you know, that uh, we don't even know, couldn't tell, right? The first order pattern, sometimes uh, it's easy to tell. You know, you have a hearing loss, you have tinnitus, they're associated. But the second layer, third layer, fourth layer, 
right? And what, what, which one's the root? Which one's uh, uh, the effect? That kind of things. Uh, I think uh, uh, AI is uh, well suited to help us solve right diagnosis of tinnitus, and then we can worry about a treatment. Is this something you're working on right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, 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 I'm working on that as well, and I, and I hope uh, uh, with uh, our ability to gather that data. I think application then it's very natural to apply AI and see what 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 comes out of uh, this result. I think it, you know this could happen in the next five to ten years, if not sooner. Wow, Frank Zhang, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, it's, a, it's nice talking to you, JD. Subscribe to the Asha Voices podcast and hear more conversations about artificial intelligence in the podcast archive, including an interview with the other presenter at this year's research symposium on hearing, Devin McCaslin. Read about the symposium online, find the link on the blog post for this episode at on.asha.org podcast. Also, look to the most recent issue of the Asha Leader magazine for more on AI and audiology and speech language pathology. That's online at leader.pubs.asha.org. Asha Voices is produced by the American Speech Language Hearing Association and comes from the team behind the Asha Leader magazine. Support for Asha Voices comes from Asha Learning Pass. Access more than 150 audiology courses for one annual fee. Learn more at asha.org slash learningpass. I'm J.D. Gray, and this is Asha Voices.